and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 111, uh, coming at you live for now. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we're still doing this thing live, those call-in numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you this week, MC? Oh, nothing going on with me. I was hoping you had something. <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, it's... How do I say this? It's the same... same same shit, different week, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got nothing. Have, have we have we proved our point yet? <laughs> After so many episodes. After Hundula? Um, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think that's why we pull up the, the that's why we pull up the 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 articles, right? That's why we do the headlines. Um, and I guess when you ask that question, it reminds me of like. Um, some things I used to post, right? And I used to I used to go real heavy on bad cop stories, right? And the reason I did that is because I got into like one conversation with the only cop friend I have, uh, and his point at the time was, you know, oh, you 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 post, you know, that one thing we had the conversation, whatever, and it's just an isolated incident. Like this isn't standard protocol uh, in his department or across the board. Right. And so, so I went on like a rampage, just, you know, like just every article from bad cop, no donut, uh, just about, you know, and any bad cop story off a cop block or whatever, I just posted, right. Like here's another example of your isolated incident that only happens in your department, in one department, somewhere off and wherever. Right. And when you, you build up a big enough case of, of, of stories like that, right. And hopefully Right. You get the message that it's not just an isolated in incident. It's a systemic problem uh, that needs, you know, to be remedied in some form or fashion. Right. And rather than address that, this is, again, what we talked about was last week or the week before uh, uh, addressing the uh, the root cause of the issue. Rather than address that being a systemic problem. Right. He just backed out and, you know, stopped commenting and, and you know, stopped having discussions about it. Right. So in his case is like, you know, one of two things, either like point made, right. And he gets it now, uh, or he just slinks off to whatever, you know, uh, whatever group he goes to, to, to get, you know, a, a pat on the back for a job well done as a, as a, you know, as a detective, right? Like, oh yeah, you're doing the, you're doing the, the Lord's work, you know, by, by, you know, arresting petty criminals and whatnot. Um, and people thank him for it. Right. You know, so I get, you know, like the, the circle jerk mentality or the, you know, the, the echo chamber or preaching to the choir, whatever, whatever term you want to use for that. Um, you know, he just, you know, he just probably just disappeared back into that realm uh, where he doesn't have to face the reality uh, of what it's really like for the average person, you know, out on the streets where, you know, running into bad cops uh, on a regular basis is not just an isolated incident. So when you say like, do, did we get our message across? Probably not, right? You know, we've done a hundred. This is going to be we've done a hundred and ten plus episodes, right? There's there was some some in there that you know the recording didn't work and we did a bonus show, so some people got a live show and the podcast was a little bit different. Um, 
but I don't, you know, the, the, the reason shows like ours still exist across the board is because we haven't gotten the message across, right? If, if the message was received by the masses and things started to turn into a freedom, uh, liberty, uh, direction, right. Then, you know, then, then I could do a different show, right. And I, I wouldn't need to do this one. I, I vent about other things, uh, as opposed to, you know, what's wrong with the state. Um, and how it's infringing on personal liberties of the people. Um, but I think most people, you know, whether they listen to this show or other shows or, you know, just the, the regular, regular talk shows, or maybe they've never come across this type of message, um, it's clearly, uh, you know, ba- based on results of what's going on in the world, uh, you know, we, this message needs to continue to be put out there uh, by as many sources as possible, uh, in order to get people to have that mindset change. Your thoughts? I don't know. I, st- I still think if there was a place that freedom was uh, the, the main focus or the main goal, I don't even care if they have a government, but if if the goal was to have minimal impact, and then then I would... I would think that that country or that area would do better than anywhere else in the world. Um, so yeah, I think I just, I just hope somebody tries it someday. You know, whether it's the the Free State Project or the which I'm a member of, participant, the, uh, signer, whatever. The island one, um, not the island, the the one that the Seasteading Institute, right? Um, you know, whoever does it, I don't care. Just uh, Fort Galt do it in soon. Chile. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. It's a different one. Like that, that Galt's Gulch didn't work out, but Fort Galt mm-hmm. is still like, I mean, unless you're following it more recently than me, was still mm-hmm. in the planning and developmental stage. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see your point that it needs to be tried, and you know, there's a whole bunch of them. You know, like we just rattled off like you know three or four right off the top of our heads. Um, but the, like the free state project, right. It's supposed to be, supposed to be, you know, I I guess, you know, one of the bigger, one of the bigger, more well-known ones. Um, and it's supposed to be like that, that beacon of Liberty, right. The, the torch that lights the flame and shows, you know, shows you how, this is how it's done people, you know, and come here and join us. Um, and yet, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's technically, it's only like a year into the move or a year and a couple months into the move. Which which gives the organization itself, I guess I, I don't know. It's some some like wiggle room, some leeway, some excuses to fall back on um, for lack of success, right? Like whenever you go, like, well, what what's really going on with the Free State Project? And you go, well, you know, there's this many people, and this is what we got going on. It's like, man, you guys should be doing more. And they go, well, we would be doing more if you individual would come and help out. Right. And, uh, you know, all 20,000, right? Like nothing can get done until the 20,000 people move. Then that's when things start to things start to get shaken up. Right. So the, it, it's always, you know, the the results, the goals that they're striving for or that we I'm going to say we because I like I said, I signed and I, I intend to move at some point uh, within the next, you know, three years and 10 months now. Um, the goals that we are striving for uh, are always able to be pushed out into the distance um because i'm sure that you know once once the five years for the move is up and people go like 
okay, you know, now what? You know, uh, now when, what's what's going on with the Free State Project now? Um, the answer will be like, well, we just, like, it just got started. We're, just, we're now just getting started. We've got the people here. Now we have to, you know, start doing things, you know. And then if nothing gets done after that, then the excuse will be, well, not, of course not everything's getting done because not all 20,000 people actually moved. Right, we're still waiting for the full twenty thousand, or like the new twenty thousand, or or somehow getting to that that magical number of people to move. Um, so it can it can end up being like an organization for organization's sake, um, which you know, of course, Ernest Hancock always warns about. Um, but it can end up like that, where you know, it's it's a constant, it's a constant lack of results followed by a lack lack of excuses by saying. No, no, it's it's your fault or it's not our fault. Um, you know, it's hard to herd libertarians into doing one specific thing and getting on all on the same page, right? There's always there's always some excuse as to why you know the status quo remains the status quo, or the changes are small and incremental, right? And so you know, then you go like, well, okay, if, if not the Free State Project, then what? You know, what what now? What what else can we do? Um, you know, to to throw the the yoke of the state off you know and and drop the chains um and you know well, you've already done that so as for best example, as if i you can were to move if you were to move to to new hampshire uh you wouldn't vote so you're not in line with the political libertarians that are gonna change the government from the inside run for office But that's true. I mean, that's 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 what it's that's what the the movement right itself has turned into for me, right? It's turned into you know how best can I uh, throw off that yoke and and be as free as possible um, in my current environment, wherever that now that, that you know it's 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 easier to do it in my opinion, like from New Hampshire. Or in, or, or in specific geographic locations, right? Because there's just, there's an ease of getting that head start. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can look at the the, the World Freedom Index, right? And pick like the number one country uh, for whatever freedom you're looking for. And then like go there. And then you're already like, you know, light years ahead of people further down the list, right? Who are like going to have to the struggle and crawl and like scratch and and claw and beg their way you know up the up the ladder if they want it um and if you're if you're an american or in nearby um then you got the free state project right and if you look at the the freedom in the 50 states index uh new hampshire is a good choice for that project but also for people who want to be free and the reason for that is because if you you know based on the metrics uh by the 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 publishers of the of the of the data set right? That's the most free place to be currently. So the, the mere act of like moving there gives you a better start to apply, you know, the principles of like just being free in your in your life as much as possible. Right. I mean, it just, is there an argument? Is there an argument against what I'm saying MC or am I making sense from, from that perspective so far? Sure. Sure. I just okay. wanted to yeah, point, point out that that uh i guess there's people that are that have different um paths and different responsibilities in in the freedom movement yeah and and but 
but what I'm saying is as far as, you know, like the movement is concerned and the free state project, it's uh, the free state project itself is those, those paths are further, are already advanced further by choosing a good geographic location, right? Like there, there's less of a battle, um, you know, and, and I guess one of the big ones that, you know, like they used to have, and I haven't read it recently, like the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire as part of the free state project. Right. And one of the things was like, we're the last state, you know, with like, with no seatbelt laws. So as an adult, you can just like drive your car without a seatbelt. I was like, all right, fine. Right. I live in a state where there's seatbelt laws. Um, I can still drive my car without a seatbelt. Right. Like there, there, nothing precludes me from doing so aside from the risk factor that I personally take uh, every time I don't strap in. Right. And, and to be fair, right. Like I've, I've, uh, I've mentioned this, uh, you know, to my mom because like I, I have my moped and then I drive her car. And the reason I drive her car is because she worries about me like riding the moped. She's like, I just take the car. I know I got the moped. I'd feel better if you took. So I've had the car for like years and I've never bought, you know, another car of my own because eh, no need. Um, but like the, the seatbelt doesn't click in (laughs) solidly. (laughs) And this has been the case for, you know, uh, months now, if not maybe a year at this point, I don't even know. Like it's, it's, it slides into the slot. It makes a little clicky noise and then pops right out as soon as you shift your weight a little bit. So I said, Hey, the seatbelt's broken, you know, like, I, I know safety is a big deal for you. So if, if, you know, like, I don't know, you know, she's got a mechanic friend. Like, I don't know if he can fix it or if we can like steal one from the back seat or, or like just make it work somehow. Right. But it's, it's clearly ineffective for what its intention is. Um, so for the most part, like, you know, I, 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 I wear it as little as possible. But I understand that the risk I'm undertaking, number one, by not wearing it uh, for safety reasons, um, but also for like legal reasons. Right. Because I've I've actually been ticketed, not in this car, but in my in a previous car for not wearing a seatbelt. Right. Like I pulled out of court, drove right by a cop, got pulled over right away. Just boop, No seatbelt. Like, so I threw the ticket away. Like, you know, called call my probation officer. Like, hey, I just got pulled over for no seatbelt. Like, okay, you know, whatever. But, you know, just threw that one away. So that's another one that's like chalked up on my record somewhere. Um, as far as like a fine that I didn't pay for for some nonsense that they were charging me with. But either way, right, like it's a risk to drive without it. So when like during the daylight hours when I'm going through, you know, the construction zone or, or in a residential where I'm going to be missing a lot of lights, like I'll pull the strap over and, you know, like just, you know, tuck it under my stomach, you know, cause that's the only way to like hold it in place since it doesn't click in. Um, and that's, you know, that it's not for safety. There's nothing safe about doing that. There's no, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, you know, prevented from flying out the window in the case of a car accident or whatever, but I do it, you know, because at any moment, you know, a cop could roll up next to me or near me or see me. Um, that I'm not aware of because I'm, I'm just not moving quickly enough and it's daylight hours. Right. But when I drive the car home at night, like forget it, you know, the, the windows have a little bit of tint on it. You know, if they're coming towards me from the front, they, they, you know, the lights preclude them from really seeing into the car anyway. Uh, or at least I think so, because that's the way it looks for me, from my perspective. Uh, maybe they got special glasses. Um, but either way, but I take that risk, you know, when it's less likely that I'll get pulled over. Um, 
if I was in New Hampshire, right, if I had moved and that was like, you know, my fucking pet issue, like I just, I just don't want to wear a seatbelt, bro. I'm fucking going to New Hampshire. Uh, if that was my thing, right, then I'm already one step ahead, right? Like I, it's, it's already like I can do it here, um, but I can do it there with less fear and less worry and less, you know, less concern uh, about ramifications aside from getting into an accident. Now, I'd also like to see some statistics on, like, how many people died because they, got, like, fucking rolled the car and couldn't get out because they were stuck in the seatbelt and it jammed, right? Like, you know, there, there's got to be some people dying because of the seatbelt. So, it's, you know, it's a, it's a risk either way. Just, you know, how do, how, do you, how do you individually want to assess that risk uh, and decide what you're going to do, right? You know, do you, like, my, my stepdad always, you know, carried a razor blade, uh, in the car. And I made a habit out of it for a little while too. Just, you know, just in case something happens, you got to be able to cut that seatbelt. I mean, we'll just don't wear the seatbelt. And you know, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't have the seatbelt on, then you don't have to worry about it. Right. It's already off. Um, I've heard arguments against like speed bumps, right. Cause ambulance have to slow down to go over speed bumps. And we're like, well, how many people died because the ambulance, you know, because they put us some stupid speed bump somewhere on the ambulance had to slow down and that was like you know the 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 matter of life or death was you know those precious seconds or minutes even that they wasted slowing down to hop over speed bumps and you're like well what's the point you know just let people drive safely and then you don't need speed bumps right and then ambulance can go as fast as they want uh to to make sure that the the health and safety of the person on board um is is taken care of so those types of things your thoughts Simpson? So while you're thinking about seatbelts, I was looking at the Freedom Index at the Heritage.org website. Um, so economic freedom. Um, number one is Hong Kong. Surprise. Um, but what I was interested in was the tax rate. And the tax rate is overall tax burden equals 14.4%. Um, so if the U.S. wanted to beat Hong Kong and uh, at their economic game um, make it 10% or less um, but yeah government isn't about that isn't, isn't about prosperity it's about theft in my opinion mostly yeah and tax rate is another one right like you know if your goal is to make money and to get and to, to, to maximize the value of the work and the labor that you do whatever that may be you know why wouldn't why wouldn't you then move to ge- to a geographic location uh, that allows you to keep the most of that, right? Like you know why why sit in a heavy tax bracket when you when when you know you can invest some of that money, uh, you know for the cost of moving and then easily make that back by paying less taxes somewhere else, right? Even even Apple gets you know heat for that. By having, you know, like corporate, uh, cor- what is it, corporate, corporate subs, not subsidies, subsidiaries, subsidiaries uh, in like Ireland because the corporate tax rate is lower there. So they funnel, so they funnel their billions of dollars, you know, in <laughs> to, to Irish accounts uh, and Ireland's glad to have it, right? They're like, oh no, come here. We're, we're a lot less, but we fucking, we'll do it by volume. You bring billions, we'll take, you know, a, a little bit less than they will of those billions and. All of a sudden, you know, Ireland's, you know, a, a financial powerhouse uh, off the back of like one company. <laughs> Not saying that's true, but I mean, you, you can see where that would be a thing, right? If like big companies like Apple just moved to the lowest 
tax bracketed location, um, you know, then the, the state gets their funding, right? You know, so, so they're happy. And the corporations are doing like the best they can given the environment that they're in. Right. And like, I don't, I don't think if you're like, you know, a billion, a multi-billion or trillion dollar company, um, you're going to stand on very many principles if that means going bankrupt. Right. <laughs> I, that That's a difficult thing to process, you know, for, for me personally. Right. It's like, no, I completely understand the company's position because you want to remain a company. Um, but at the same time, wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to do that? Like, wouldn't it be great if, you know, what, what if, all the corporations said, you know, no, we're just not going to pay the corporate tax. We're just going to conduct business as usual uh, without writing that check to the state. Right. And the state will pass laws. Ah, oh, we're going to law. We're going to ban you. And oh, we're still going to conduct business. We're, we're still going to, we're still going to manufacture iPhones and iPads and iMacs and all that. And we're, we're still going to, you know, we're still going to produce uh, Samsung galaxy phones and, and whatever. You know, we're still going to make cars and we're still going to make trucks and we're still going to sell them to the highest bidder. Um, we're just not going to cut you that check anymore. Like, you know, the, the protection service that you provide uh, can be cheaper and better handled by the private security army that we now can afford to buy. Um, so, you know, just just go ahead and stop sending that bill like you're wasting your money on postage at that point. Um, but they won't. Right. Like It's just that that's that's the unfortunateness that um that we live in and i have uh, like one of the other like you know side interest or side hobbies or whatever um that i've pursued in my life and i still still somewhat do it right is um you know me i, I met my wife uh, through like a personal development organization because um, i got into that for a little bit you know and I, like i said i still kind of am I'm, I'm not as active as i once was um, she's a lot more active than I am, but it was like, you know, it was just one of those things for, for me personally, where it was, you know, things seemed to be like spiraling out of control a little bit in my personal life. And I was always searching, uh, for something to kind of, to, to transition back into a more positive, healthy, happy lifestyle. Um, and this was like one more thing to try. Right. So I'm not, I'm not here to like pitch it or to promote it or to get anyone involved. I'm just saying like, I've done it. Um, and one of the, you know, one of the, uh, I guess concepts or theories or whatever that they push is similar to what I'm talking about, which might be where I got it from. And that's, you know, um, you were, you were like the master of your universe. You were in control of your world. Whatever you want to do is all possible. You know, glory be to the universe that is, um, type of a thing where, you know, um, where it's, you know, whatever, whatever you, whatever you can dream is possible is possible for you. Right. And, and my contention has always been, well, true, but then there's that like whole other group of people, right? There's that whole statist group of people and people in the government, uh, that prevent you from doing certain things, right? And they go, Oh no, they don't prevent you. You prevent yourself. Or, this is all on you. If you really want to do it, you find a way to get it done. Right. And, you know, I, I forget, it might have been like a post, you know, from, from uh, Michael Fien. Um, I, think, I think so. Like either this week or last weekend, he kind of hit it home, with, which is what I'm trying to say is like to an extent, right? There, you, you can do whatever it is you want to do to an extent because at the end of the day, there are always those 
who are, are you know, leeching off of your productivity, stealing from you, uh, you know, as, as best that they can, um, and precluding you from truly optimizing your human potential. And that's, you know, it, it's, you can blame that on me and say like, no, no, it's, it's my fault that I allow them uh, to, to, you know, to minimize or to, to degrade my uh, human potential. And then that it's my responsibility to find a creative solution, uh, you know, for the problems that I face in order to, to, you know, to optimize. Um, and then whatever you're now, you're just shifting the blame, right? It's, it's not a faulty theory. It's just blame shifting it back to me. Um, because it happens to everybody, right? I mean, like how, how much, how much of your human potential can you actually maximize, uh, without like the state interfering at all? Right. And, and for me personally, I believe, you know, that, uh, the, what is it? The, the, shoot, the, the anarcho primitivist, right. Or, or, you know, the, the prime example of what human optimization looks like, uh, absent the state, um, you know, while, while the state is in existence, right? Like that's the best you can do is like go run off into the woods and go hunting and foraging for berries and building your little, uh, agave hut, uh, or whatever, agape hut, uh, whatever, um, you know, and, and just, you know, not being seen like, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know, to the state. Um, but if you want to like advance the human race and advance technology and do all of that, right. You, you have to do it under the thumb of the state, right? You, you have to do it within the limits and the confines of what they allow you to do uh, and how they allow you to advance, uh, you know, in, in science and technology and all that, right? They go like, no, we can, have, we can have this really great breakthrough. And the state goes, nope, regulation. And I go, darn, regulation. What, what can we do now? You know, like, and, and, and then, you know, you, you wiggle your way around, you find some other way to do it. And you go like, yeah, we, we found a breakthrough that got around it. And they go, new regulation. And you go, darn, you know. <laughs> and it's just, it's just like this constant cycle of, of an oppressive state holding back, uh, you know, the, the, the human potential movement. Um, and it's always in existence. And it's not, you know, it's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's just, you know, it's, you know, it, it's just a fact of life that, that that's how it's going to be. And until, you know, until people are ready, you know, to, to eliminate that mindset, right? And I'm, we've talked about this before, uh, and I'll, I'll bring it up again because it's somewhat relevant to what I'm trying to say. You know, I had, I had a boss, uh, you know, take me out to dinner. It was like, you know, seemed like it was like some sort of a transition, uh, you know, from, from one aspect of the company to the other. I, I don't want to call it a promotion because I don't know if that's necessarily what it would have been. Um, but, you know, we're, we're at dinner and he found out that, oh, my God. You know, Richie Rich doesn't have a license to drive a car. I go, well, how are you going to get around? I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive. <laughs> but you can't drive. You don't have a license. I go, well, I have been, so clearly I can. You know, <laughs> hasn't stopped me yet. You know, th- and, you know, for uh, if you've heard this before, I'm sorry. If you, you know, if you're a new listener, this, this is what he said to me. He said, that's your problem right there. You have a limiting belief that you don't need the government to get things done. I went, wow. To me, that's the opposite because I do things anyway, right? You have a limiting belief that says that you do need them to get things done. And it's my mission in life to prove otherwise, you know, as 
best as I can. Um, and so when I, I go back to like, you know, the, 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 the human potential and the personal growth aspect of it, right? Like I do my best to prove their philosophy true, right? I do my best to ignore the state as much as possible and to do as much as I can do, uh, without, you know, with, without the state interference, right? But the moment I go to fill up gas in my moped or in my car, I've just given the state money, right? They've just, they boop right there, you know? The moment I go to the supermarket to get some groceries, you know, I've like I've I've advanced the cause of the state, right? The moment I go to like some uh, some uh, Walmart or whatever to buy a new pair of jeans, right? Boop, you know, the thing just like four point five percent, just right there, just right into the state's pocket, right? I go like, how can you? How can you? You know, personal development, uh, human potential, people. How can you honestly say? That it's it's my responsibility to find a creative way around this that's economical and efficient, right? How, how do I do that? Well, one answer, right, and what we talked about at the beginning of the show is to move to this geographic location that doesn't have that. But guess what? They they all ding you in some form or fashion. They all like they all take a little bit uh, off the top or as much as they can off the top without you know getting you violent to to some extent. They all do it. So there's, there's no, there's no real geographic location that you can move to, uh, to, to, you know, get a hundred percent away from the state. Um, aside from, like I said, you know, going the, the anarcho primitive route of, you know, um, running off into the forest and foraging for, you know, twigs and berries. Uh, and in which case, you know, congratulations, like, you know, you're, you're successful, um, but what does that really do, you know, to advance, what does that really do to advance the, the human race, like I said, or to advance the cause of freedom and liberty, right? You know, it, it, it doesn't do anything and it doesn't really do much, you know, to advance your, your individual potential either on what you're capable of doing, you know, as far as good in the world or for you, right? If, if you're just like, you know, living in a shack out in the forest, you know, f- uh, you know, hunting rabbits and eating berries, Right. You know, like, you know, good for you for being able to do that. Um, but I don't I don't see that as an advancement. That seems like to me like a step back. And I'd rather advance in spite of the state, uh, you know, than than regress back to like, you know, caveman era uh, living conditions. Uh, and, I'm, and again, I'm not giving credit to the state. I'm not saying like it's because of the state that we've got this far and without them, we'd be, you know, hunting for twigs and berries. I'm saying the only way to get away from them, you know, a hundred percent is to go that route. Um, but advancements can be made and more advancements would be made, uh, absent their interference to begin with MC. Uh, sure. Um, I, I would, uh, play devil's advocate and say, well, what about property rights? Um, you have to have a government for property rights, right? I don't think so. And we, we talked about this in India, right? And it, it, if you want to have the discussion on like what rights actually are and how they extend to property rights, um, I will give you my, my brief, my very brief understanding of how rights work, right? So when we, when we use the term rights, it's a shortcut. It's a shorthand uh, way to, to, uh, to explain a concept, um, but the, you know, for, for the people who go like, well, rights don't exist. You're right. They don't, they absolutely don't like you, you yourself, me, MC, uh, have no rights. Uh, we would like to, 
right? And like, you know, I, I was a natural rights guy for, you know, a couple of months as I, as I studied that aspect of it. And then when the, you know, well, how do you, how do you derive those rights? You know, well, one of two ways, my man, like, you know, this is, this is, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first person to espouse this theory, uh, but I think I've pretty well condensed it down to, you know, two things. Uh, rights are either mutually agreed upon or defended by violence. Like that's it, right? You have a right to life MC because I've agreed, you know, by my actions and my words not to kill you, right? I could very easily violate your right to life. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like I can kick your ass. I'm not, you know, I'm not going that route, but I'm, you know what I mean, right? Like I could very easily take someone's life and violate their right to life. And what does that prove? Like if they had a right, I shouldn't be able to take it. But but I did, you know, because because you don't you don't have that right. You don't have you don't have that right to stay alive. Uh, what you do have is an agreement with me that I'm not going to be the one to take it. Um, and then if I do attempt to take it, then it's incumbent upon you to defend it uh, as best you can, uh, or you know, and and take mine if if necessary to do so. Um, that's it. Same with property rights, right? Like. You know, I build a house on this land and I declare it to be my own. Uh, and you come along, MC, and you can either say, I see you've built a house. That's a mighty fine house. Uh, you can have that house and I will allow you to keep that house and I will not encroach on this property. Uh, I will build next to it and let us put a fence in between us so we can delineate and designate uh, yours from mine. Right. Or I can or you can come along and say, like, that's a mighty fine house. I think that's my house now. And I'll say, no, sir, this is my house. I built it with my own blood, sweat, and tears and tore the soil. And you say, well, yeah, but it's a mighty fine house, and I think I can just take it from you. And I say, well, you know, to the death then, right? Because, you know, now all of a sudden you, you're not respecting uh, what, what we would commonly refer to as my property rights. Uh, and if you're not going to respect it and have a mutual agreement with me to, to you know, to respect it uh, and to let it be and to go find your own property, uh, well, then the only th the only uh, recourse I have at that point uh, is to defend it, right? And if I'm incapable of defending it for whatever reason, um, well, then I've I've lost the right, right? I mean, it's, it's you know you can you can say like oh, your life rights have been violated. And I go well, okay, well you know, too bad, so sad, so, right? So the issue in India was the government would random randomly come by and and take people's cows. And sometimes the cows would be the only thing they had. Um, so would it be better to, if you were going to help them, go over there and give them guns and train them how to use them and say, next time the government tries to come here and take your stuff, you shoot them. Better than, than having the government? I would say yes. Well, better <laughs> than, so the other the other thing, the way uh, some other people helped them is by uh helping the the people of India show to the government and declare to the government and do it the legal way. And so now there's a government paper trail of uh, the rights and the, the property that these people have. So the government comes around and the government can't uh, take their stuff without, uh, without any reason. Can't or just is honoring can't, some agreement to do to not. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, they had, I mean, the government has rules. They don't always follow them. Yeah. Um, so if, if someone doesn't have any paperwork for the for the property they have, or if the government doesn't respect uh, someone's property, then they can they can take it 
at any time. Well, that's part of what I'm saying, right? So, so is it better? Is it better to go the legal route, or to to sh- or to instruct them in the true nature of how things work, uh, so that they're better able to defend uh, their property or their their rights to property? Uh, should someone, including the government, attempt to encroach, right? If, if, this, this is this is part of one of the reasons. I think we had part of this discussion last week. Uh, it's it's the mentality of the culture that kind of leads things in this direction, right? And you know we can get into the public school issue again if, if need be, um, but it it changes the mindset of the people. And so in in India, right, you've got this mindset where first it's okay for the government to take the cows. And people just go, oh, man, that's just how it is. Like, they're going to steal my cows. Or not steal, they're just going to take my cows. They, they have a right to do it. Uh, they've written the laws down. And all of a sudden, they write the laws down. So it's like, if you have this paperwork, uh, we will not take your cows. Right? And then the, the government comes along and says, like, yeah, we need cows. And you go, no, sir, we've got this paperwork right here. It says you cannot take our cows. And I say, new rule. In a state of emergency, we can take your cows. Decreed. Written down, new law, right? And if the mentality of the people, right, is so long as it's the law, then it's okay, well, then they're just going to get their cow stolen again, right? But if you come in there, not as the government, but as some, you know, benevolent organization, you know, a mutual aid movement or, or you know, f- how, whatever, whatever nonprofit organization can uh, go into an entire country and, and change the minds of the people. But if you go in there, voluntarily for the good the goodwill of humanity or however you're going to get paid and you and you explain to them you know hey these are your cows they're they're your cows because of one of two things because a people have agreed that those are your cows or b that you can defend those cows from anyone who's trying to steal them now if they're able to steal them then they're not your cows anymore so be good at defense right and if you can instill that mentality then they go hey this is my cow and the government official comes along and says, like, uh, we have this letter to decree that we can take your cow. And if the mentality of the person is like, no, no, this is this is my cow, right? Not not the mentality of, well, that's the law, but the mentality of, like, this is mine because because I said so, because I, you know, I raised it or I bought it or however, however you acquired that cow. If the mentality is then that... No, 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 nobody, including the state, including the government, including the lawmakers and the rule breakers, uh, including those people, you know, can't take your stuff, right? And then, and then you're able to defend it, right? Then I would definitely choose that, ask, choose that method uh, for educating the populace over someone saying that, uh, no, the government, the government rules is the best way, you know? Like, I would take that. I, w- I would take uh, violent defense over legal decree uh, any day of the week. Um, now, if you're looking for like, you know, nonviolent solutions, MC, well, you know, fine. There's a whole bunch of those too. But, you know, when push comes to shove, right, we can talk all day about, you know, third party arbitration and, you know, uh, taking you to, you know, civilian court outside of the state courts and, you know, what other judicial system would, would rise up to replace the, the state run, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, the judicial system, uh, judicial branch or whatever, whatever replaces that, right? When when push comes to shove, if people disagree or don't abide by the rulings of the arbitrator, uh, the real solution is still violence. And it always will be. 
right? It, it, it may be hard to hear, you know, and I'm not advocating it necessarily as, you know, the best alternative all the time. Um, but the, it's, it's always underlying. It's, it's always, it's always going to be there. Um, so why not just bring it to the forefront, right? Why, why let violence be the elephant in the room when having these discussions, when everyone knows that it's an inevitability, uh, when things break down, right? This is, you know, this is, uh, this is, um, we talked about uh, the, the contracts last week as well. And this is one area where, you know, when, when you, when you look at the contracts and you go, well, the contracts, you know, I, I, I defended contracts. I still do. The contracts show, you know, not just the, the terms of the agreement, right. But the, the, the nonviolent way to resolution, uh, should there be a disagreement along the way or a breach of the contract along the way? All right. Well, there there's, we, we have a disagreement, you know, the contract said this and all of a sudden we're doing this instead, you know, we can do this peacefully and abide by the terms of the contract and go to arbitration and let, you know, some third party arbitrator settle it peacefully because we've agreed upon it. Right. And then if you don't, don't abide by the rulings of the arbitrator, or if you refuse to go to arbitration, right. What is my recourse? Right. What, what do, what do I have as a tool of defense to ensure that uh, you uphold your end of the agreement or make good uh, on the contract. And the answer is violence, right? I, 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 you know, hire people or I do it myself because there's clearly, you know, uh, a, a moral righteousness. I don't want to say right since we're having that discussion, but there's a righteousness and a, and a justice aspect of it uh, that I am due what I am owed. Right. Like, and, and I'm entitled to what I'm owed, uh, per the guidelines and the stipulations of the agreement or of the contract. Um, and if I, if I need to resort to violence to ensure that I get what I'm owed, uh, because you're, uh, uh, not agreeing to go through any of the peaceful means, well, then you're asking for it. Right. And then I have no problem with the violence. Right. But it's always underlying. It's, it's the, it's the, you know, uh, uh, not to not to make a bad joke, but it's it's the ultimate solution. It's the final solution to everything, right? You you either you either have no conflict, or you peacefully resolve the conflict, or you result to violence, right? And then at any stage along the way, you can say like you know, well, the the stronger of the two, you know, will always choose the violence because they know that's a battle that they can win, right? So then you have the 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 strong preying on the weak. And, you know, uh, well, what I will say to that is, you know, it's cliche, but, you know, God made man, Sam Colt made him equal, right? We, we do not live in a society where the stronger, better, faster people out survive, you know, the weak and then the slow, right? The, the weak and the slow have developed tools to aid in their defense against the encroachment of the strong. Uh, and if the strong want to continue to survive, they had best not encroach uh, on the weak who are armed and ready to defend themselves, because they have the mindset and the mentality uh, that they are, they have uh, a claim and a right to certain things, and that they will defend that claim and defend that right uh, using the tools of violence if necessary. Did I answer your question, MC? Yep. Any more thoughts or comments? Nope. Um, you want to go over some headlines? Headlines! That was loud, sorry. Uh, here we go. The headline, the root cause of war is government. Headline, uh, grandma with terminal cancer jailed.
for legal THC in her bloodstream or in her blood, forced to miss chemo. Uh, headline: uh, The taxationist theft meme has officially gone mainstream. Headline: Carry a gun without a permit. Uh, headline: McDonald's accused of gouging franchisees on three billion dollars of rent. And finally, headline: What America taught a murderous drug warrior. Uh, where are we starting this week, MC? Oh, any place. All right, let's do grandma then, because I'm sure this hits home for a lot of people. Too many people, you know, too many people do drugs or know someone who used drugs where this can't hit home in some aspect of it. Um, just the, the sheer idiocy of the drug war and drug warriors in general. Here we go. Uh, grandma with terminal cancer jailed for legal THC in her blood, forced to miss chemo. That makes it even worse, right? Even in the headline. Legal THC, right? Not even breaking the law, and yet they're fucking with her. Uh, Wichita, Kansas. Angela Kastner has colorectal cancer and is currently undergoing chemotherapy to treat it. However, because the state is hell-bent on targeting people for putting THC in their bodies, Kastner is missing her much-needed chemo treatment after she was locked in a cage by Sedgwick County deputies. Apparently, these cops felt that throwing the grandmother with terminal cancer in a state-sponsored jail cell would somehow serve society. After all, she did have THC, the dangerous psychoactive component of cannabis, in her system. However, had these cops bothered to read any research on the subject, they should have let her go on her way with an apology. But that's not what happened. Instead, police are taught to fear THC. They are fed bogus stats, claiming that it's a gateway drug. They also dangerously believe that having THC in your blood somehow means you are impaired. And especially in Kansas, cops love to kidnap, cage, or even kill you over this highly beneficial plant. To show just how criminally uninformed the deputies were who arrested and jailed Miss Kastner, she hadn't broken any laws, even in Kansas. As she was scribed, prescribed, the FDA approved an entirely legal synthetic version of THC. I had Marinol in my system that the doctors in Oklahoma gave me to fight cancer. I've been fighting cancer five years, Kastner said. That's right. Kastner has taken Marinol to fend off nausea and help her have an appetite, just like millions of other cancer patients across the country. According to her pharmacist, and as KAKE reports, the amount of THC in her blood is not enough to make anyone high. In fact, according to the drug's own insert on its safety, they only recommend not driving if you feel confused, dizzy, or drowsy. Aside from the drug Kastner had been taking for five years not causing impairment, there is no scientific evidence that THC in the bloodstream equates to impaired driving. As the Free Thought Project previously reported, no scientific basis exists to legitimize current THC testing for impaired driving. According to a study from Auto Club Giants AAA's Safety Foundation, a blood test threshold for THC, the chemical component of cannabis that makes people high, is simply not scientifically possible. As the study notes, determining actual impairment from THC consumption is quite different than for alcohol. Tolerance for the chemical would mean, though a regular cannabis user might have high blood levels of THC, they are perfectly safe behind a wheel, while a relatively low THC blood level could be found in someone unfit to drive. Because Kastner was a regular user of Marinol, she said more likely than not, entirely fit to drive, even if she had just taken it. However, none of this mattered, 
uh, matters to those tasked with upholding the law. And if the law says that we have to throw grandmas in cages for having their legally prescribed medicine in their bloodstream, then by golly, we are going to do just that. I miss my chemo tomorrow, and I miss my doctor's appointment tomorrow, said Kastner, whose doctor is rightfully furious. Because she's missing the chemo treatment, her doctor says she'll have to restart her entire regimen. She's all I've got, Kastner's niece, Crystal Fleming, said to KAKE. My dad passed away, and she's all I've got. As for Kastner, she says she wants people to know her story, so no one else has to go through her pain. Uh, I feel sorry for the next cancer patient who has to go through anything I have had to go through. They shouldn't have had to do this at the end of their life. Uh, Pretty much any article. Please share this article with your friends and family. Show them the horrors of marijuana prohibition, scientific ignorance when it comes to THA in your bloodstream. Done, son. Shared and posted. Uh, your thoughts on this MC as, you know, uh, again, someone who is, uh, undergoing or going to be going undergoing similar, uh, side treatments. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, typical. Um, yeah, I hope I don't get tested. <laughs> uh, yeah, I try to avoid driving under any influence anyway. Um, yeah. Typical government though. Well, and again, That's right. Just say about that. Just highlighting what I what I said, you know, in the beginning, right? Um, she she is in a location where I guess this stuff is still legal, but obviously frowned upon, right? So by uprooting her geographic location and moving somewhere where they don't harass people for THC in the bloodstream, she's already better off, right? And I'm not blaming her. I'm not saying like, oh no, this is her fault because she didn't move. And no. I'm making a couple of points. One, that geographical location can be helpful uh, when, when, you know, when considering the level of freedom you want to have in your life. Um, and number two, right, was also what I said earlier, is that there's always someone there, uh, you know, like just trying to get you under their thumb, right? Like no matter where you go, the state is going to be there. Uh, and in this case, even when it's legal, the state is there uh, to harass uh, and harm this poor old lady, right? You know, like for, 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 for what, like, what's the point, you know, what's the point other than just like a show of force that they can do it and you can't do it. Right. Just to say that, no, no, no grandma, you know, we're the law and what we says goes, uh, and, and you've got THC in your system. That means you're high and that means you're going to jail for driving. Right. And so there's always something, no matter what, no matter, no matter what her mentality is, right? No matter how she's feeling about her place in the universe and what her responsibility is, you know, to herself and to humanity or whatever, right? There, you know, she can, she like can meditate and visualize this stuff all day long. Um, but at the end of the day, there's always someone out there ready, willing, and able uh, to harass and to harm and to hurt and possibly even kill you uh, because what? Because that's that's how they see life, right? You know, it doesn't matter how your view of the world or the universe is. You know, you're outranked uh, by people who are willing to, 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 to kill you, basically. Uh, and so, again, my other point is, like, be able to defend it, right? Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure if, especially toward the end of life, Right. Like if she's really like, you know, if she's toward the end of life as a cancer patient or whatever, you know, take some out with you. Right. Why? Why take any shit at that point from anybody? Right. Just just don't like I can't I don't understand it. 
like me personally, there's, there's a limit, you know, there's a limit to the violence and altercations I want to get into, um, you know, for, for life preser- life preserving reasons. Um, but I'm sure at some point I'm going to say, fuck it as well. And then that'll be the end of it. Right. That'll be, you know, if, if anyone gets in my face, you just, you know, not anyone, but like, you know, if, if the government officials, uh, get in my face, you know, I'm just, you know, uh, suicide by state. if you want to call it that, um, if, if they try to detain you, yeah, if they try to, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to be on my way. And, and, you know, I've done that uh, a couple of times and like avoided detainment. Cause I have just, I've literally just left, you know, and just like, well, if they want to chase me, they can chase me, but I'm going to go. Um, and I think one, <laughs> there was one time I went for a, a job interview, um, somewhere. And like, I had to, I had to put money in the meter for parking. So it's a job interview. So I put like an hour in the meter, you know, like what job, when is the last time you went to a job interview that like lasted more than an hour? Right. I mean, I'm sure they happen, but like, that's completely unreasonable for a first interview, in my opinion. So I put an hour in the meter, uh, and then apparently that wasn't enough. Like the interview, you know, like whoever was running late or whatever, the interview just went long for whatever reason. Um, and I'm like, oh shit, I got to like feed the meter or whatever. I'll just go, you know? So I get out there, you know, pr- probably like, you know, 10, 15 minutes after the meter had, uh, supposedly expired. Uh, but just in time to catch like the, the meter maid, like starting to write her ticket. Um, and so I just like, I jumped in my car and said, don't worry about it. I'm going, I'm, I'm out of here. She's like, no, no, no. But I just, I just wrote that. I'm like, no, nah, don't worry about it. Just throw it away. Then I just took off <laughs> and I never got, I never got like a, I never got a summons. I never got like a court notice. I never got anything. So anyone, <laughs> If this has ever happened to you and they said, no, no, it's too late. I already started writing the ticket. Fuck it. Just go anyway. And it's like, what, what's the worst that could happen? She's, she's got to get in her to like three wheel tricycle and put her down after you try to catch you to hand you the ticket. Like, obviously there's a way to throw away a ticket without finishing it. Apparently. Cause that, that will never, nothing ever came from that one. Um, and there was another time that I was, uh, I was working at a restaurant and the, there was two restaurants, right? There was like the one I worked at and then the owner had like another restaurant. Um, and the general manager asked me, he's like on your way to us, right? To the restaurant that I was working at, stop off at the other restaurant and grab some supplies. Um, and the other restaurant just happened to be like, you know, in, in the middle of busy downtown where there's like no parking, and permitted loading zones like you can't be here kind of a place you know unless you've got our official sticker and documentation saying you're allowed to you know to set your hazards on for the next three minutes while you grab some boxes right and like wow fuck man you know like all right whatever let's do this let's do it quick because i don't want to i obviously don't want to be here um you know in this condition um so we grabbed the boxes or whatever we loaded up and you know i'm sitting there you know like you know readjusting my headphones uh, and like getting my car started and getting ready to go. And I'm still in the no parking zone. Right. And then I hear, Boop! you know, like fucking that noise. And I look back and I'm like, Oh shit, it's a cop. And I just, I waved out my window and then I took off and I like, I pulled out into traffic, you know, where like I got ahead of him where other cars were like came in behind me before he could like pull out and chase me down or whatever. And again, I just drove off. <laughs> so, 
So it is possible, you know, to, to like, uh, are you, am I being detained? No, because you, you're going to have to catch me to detain me kind of a thing. I, I don't want to deal with you, and so I'm just leaving. Not even going to ask, right? It's not even a question of whether or not I'm detained or free to go. I'm free to go, and then you can come, you can catch me to detain me if, you know, if it's worth your time and energy and effort, you know? And then when you do, just imagine how bad it's going to be if I've already driven off once and you come and harass me and try to ruin my day, you know, because like I said before, you know, if, if their goal is to ruin my day, uh, then it's, it's going to be my darndest to make it their worst day ever as best as I can, uh, w- without firing upon them yet. MC. I think we're running out of time. All right, let's end it. Only one article. I rambled on for quite a bit. <sighs> All right. No final thoughts? Nothing? Good to go? No, good to go. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Whether you're listening live, uh, keep an eye on that because I've still got to do my research on how to keep that live aspect of it going. Otherwise, podcasts, uh, podcast listeners, thank you for listening. You know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. If you want to join in on the discussion and the show prep and help us out with that and you know post what you want us to talk about, do it in the groups. Uh, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience uh, and if you like what we have to say and you want to donate financially like oh my god these guys are so amazing we just got to give them a couple bucks every single month uh, for doing what they do as a gift uh, for for services well done uh, we do that through patreon patreon.com slash the anarchist experience thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you all next week peace <laughs>